Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. Thank you for joining me tonight. We got a couple news and notes around the league. The Super Bowl has come and gone, and that means the NFL season is officially over. And uh, it's kind of a bittersweet. It's like the pinnacle of, you know, the NFL and big game and not maybe not doing Super Bowl parties, but... You know, just a big celebration, and now and it's gone. So we are officially entering into, you know, uh, <clears throat> free agency season, and uh, the draft. The draft is in late April, April twenty ninth, in, in the May first. So, um, yeah. So we're gonna look forward to that, so we can kind of project and look forward. And there's plenty of time to break down all the things that I think the Falcons should do. Um, but what I really want to talk about tonight is um, this past Super Bowl. And um, the Falcons played the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 16 and held them to 17 points. And dang near sitting that game in overtime, Young Waku misses a field goal. And... Um, had a chance to win that game. And how they did it was kept the pressure on um, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes, never let him get comfortable, and um, eliminated the running game and was able just to touch him and beat him up a little bit, Patrick Mahomes, and keep everything in front. And that's exactly what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. I'm not saying that the Buccaneers copied the – the blueprint the Falcons laid out, but they had a much <clears throat> clearly a much more talented defensive roster, and the the horses up front to actually make a difference to hold them touchdownless. That was absolutely ridiculous. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers held the Kansas City Chiefs to nine points through the entire game. Patrick Mahomes ran for his life the entire time. Now, granted, when the Falcons played. The Kansas City Chiefs, they did not have their two starting tackles um, out. But, um, I don't know. This game seems like that the blame, there could be some blame on the coaching staff for this one, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, and Tom Brady. Um, not really going to talk too much about Tom Brady and um but it felt like to me that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy just would not change their game plan. If you know you've got two backup tackles and the Buccaneers are the top five defensive unit in the league, then why wouldn't you put another offensive lineman in on the end? Or why wouldn't you change up some formations to have a tight end chip or throw some double teams, some back, you know, the, the running back chip out of the backfield? Like, why wouldn't they adjust? And it just never felt like they would adjust. It felt like they were like, you know, essentially just saying, well, Pat will throw us out of this one or he'll finally get one and get us rolling. And it never did. Never came to, um, they never could get anything going. 
and it ended up kind of being a snooze fest by halftime. You kind of knew where this thing was going. Um. So anyway, yeah, Patrick, crazy stat, man. Pat Mahomes ran for three thirty-three yards in the game, but ran for four hundred ninety-seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. The entire game, dude. He made three throws. Um, there's like a viral clip going around of the NCAA um, uh, football game where the quarterback gets the quarterback gets tackled, and on his way down, he like throws throws the ball like over his head, like. 40 yards downfield into the waiting arms of a wide receiver. He Patrick Mahomes made some like shortstop style throws in this game. And if it wasn't for his receivers having bricks for hands or just straight dropping them, I mean, he was hitting people in the face with the ball. He was hitting people in the shoulder pads. It just, it was one, he was completely horizontal when he cut that loop ball loose. A little like uh, Nolan Arenado out there. So, um, ooh, a deep reference baseball reference um he looked like a crazy he looked like yeah he looked like a shortstop out there maybe simba if you you know so inclined to andrew elton simmons anyway so that was kind of what i thought about the super bowl there just weird play calling weird well weird i don't know just never andrew reed just never changed another uh stat or kind of an uh interesting note that Finally, um, Tom Brady catches up to uh, Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory. Robert Ory and Tom Brady now have seven rings. And so, um, yeah, making history. So, catching up to Robert Ory. And <laughs> um, oh, yeah, who would have thought that Kronkowski would have caught two touchdowns? That's that. And. Yeah, and Antonio Brown. So all the guys that they, not all the guys, but a lot of the guys that they added because of Tom Brady and or Tom Brady paid dividends for him. So what did, I know we're talking about the Super Bowl a lot, but what did this Super Bowl in itself, did that Super Bowl change your mind of what the Falcons should do with the fourth overall pick? Because it kind of changed my mind a little bit of the urgency of now I'm in a Facebook group with uh, a lot of Falcons fans and um, they're, they're taking this thing a little far. It's the Justin Fields hype is not just because he's a mobile quarterback. It's because he's a talented quarterback and he can make the throws and he can run. He is a dual threat quarterback. Um, he's He's got an incredible arm. He's smart and he's uh, elusive and he can run the ball. So, like, he is a true dual threat quarterback. He's very talented. But it's not just because he's a mobile quarterback. So, a lot of this Facebook group that I'm in just said, oh, look at this mobile quarterback. Um, Just got demolished in the Super Bowl. We don't need a a mobile quarterback. Well, you can win with a statue back there. Well, first of all, the statue on the other side of the team, other side, you know, the other side, the other team, was the greatest quarterback that's ever played. So there's that. Also, too, he eliminated the having to um, be a mobile quarterback because he was getting the ball out so fast that it essentially became like a running game. Um, 
Tom Brady, that is. I mean, the ball was coming out too fast. There's no way Kansas City had any shot of – I mean, they would – they had a good game plan. Um, kudos to um, Byron Leftwich um, for his, his offensive game plan going forward. And, uh, hey, that's the next Falcon right there. He played for the Falcons for a little while. I'll never forget him in a preseason game throwing a ball like three yards – three like three rows deep on a crossing pattern in the end zone that was the funniest thing i've ever seen um yeah that was some dark times um in 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 falcons backup history joey harrington byron leftwich ooh, yeah so anyway um <clears throat> more we're saying game plan oh did this super bowl change your mind on what to do with the fourth overall pick and it kind of changed mine because I don't think the quarterback is as important right now as as I watching that game, seeing obviously Tom Brady is well he's old and he's the greatest of all time, but these quarterbacks nowadays are going to play till I mean that's just kind of a reality right now. Matt Ryan is thirty five years old; he's still got three or four good years left in him. No sense of I mean I don't know. I feel like a, a quarterback in this draft would be, now the more I think about it, would be a little irresponsible, maybe even trigger happy, maybe even like pulling the trigger too soon. But uh, there's a lot of holes, and, and this team needs to protect Matt Ryan. Patrick Mahomes just did not have any time to throw the ball and that's exactly what happened to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was sacked 40-plus times this year. Matt Ryan was sacked 41 times this year in 16 games. In the last three seasons, Matt Ryan's been sacked 40-plus times, three three years in a row. Uh, the highest in the league at 48 in 2018. So, yeah, that needs that needs to change. And so am I advocating for a tackle right there? I think you have two decent tackles now. I think Jake Matthews is a good tackle and I think um McGarity is a solid tackle. Um that left guard needs to be changed. That left guard is is scary. The center needs to be shored up. Um I think you got a right guard in Lindstrom and I think uh, your right tackle is solid. Um, so you can't take a left guard at number four overall. Unless there's a guy, um, there is a guy that's rated pretty highly out of Oklahoma. But so maybe I'm advocating for, I'm advocating for trading back <clears throat> to like nine for the, from the Broncos or, um, uh, I can't even think of 10, maybe somewhere around in there. So you could get three or four picks from that trade and really use that to bolster this offense and this offensive line and to, to bolster this defense. So I'm going, I'm going pure, I'm going off a couple offensive linemen and then just straight up pure defense, defensive. Tr- I would go, tr- I would go trenches a lot of my picks. So as of right now, um, in uh, February 9th, I would go 
I would go offensive line in a bunch of trenches. So, um, oh, I think maybe even okay. So, sorry. Let me let me circle back just one more time, and then we'll move on. That um, Terry Fontenot is is has a proven not proven track record, but comes from the camp of drafting the best player available, and the best player available really might be. I, if you if you trade back to nine, I would draft the best defensive player available. In my opinion, I think the linebacker for Penn State will be there, Michael Parsons. If you have Michael Parsons and Deion Jones and Foye Lukin on the same on the field at the same time, especially with Dean Pease switching from the Falcons running a four three to a three four, which would be more linebackers on the field and you know less defensive ends on the field. I think that would uh, I think that would fit what what they're trying to do, and that could you know that could bode well for the Atlanta Falcons defense. So enough about draft. We still got two months of talking draft, so we could we could table that for now. But this Super Bowl really really showed me something um, that the Falcons could build around Matt Ryan still and go to the Super Bowl and be taken to the promised land because Tom Brady, as a senior citizen, was able to. Um, take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were irrelevant last year, and take them to a Super Bowl. So and win it all. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a little excited, a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Matt Ryan. And um, there's a story that came out with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson went on the Dan Patrick Show, and um, basically sounded unhappy about being in Seattle because he they wasn't he wasn't involved in the coaching hires because I think they hired some lackluster offensive lineman or offensive line offensive coordinator and I think that he wasn't involved in it and he finally started speaking out to the media and Dan Patrick and stuff so um there's a quote from him that says we have to get offensive line help I've been sacked almost 400 times and he's been in the league since 2012, so eight, uh, nine years. So, and I looked it up. He's right. He got he's been sacked 394 times in nine years. And I was curious too, Matt Ryan. Hmm, how many times has Matt Ryan been sacked? Matt Ryan's been sacked uh, 410 times in 12 years. So, um. In the last, we just talked about this. The last three years, he's been running for his life. He I mean he got sacked forty-eight times in two thousand eighteen, and which led the league in sacks. So, I mean, Matt Ryan has been banged around, and it's a wonder he's so durable because um, he's just been he's been blessed with uh, not sustaining really any major injuries. So, knock on wood for that. Um, if so, I don't see what's the problem with building around Matt Ryan again for the next couple of years and keeping him healthy. And I don't know. So this Super Bowl really kind of was like, oh man, I think that we should build around Matt Ryan and 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 build this defense up and build this this offensive lineup and let's go from there. So. Um, Another another interesting note too that happened. I don't remember uh, this week, I believe, that Patrick Peterson has been released. Um, Pro Bowl, uh, 
cornerback. And, um, hey, the Falcons need quarterback help or cornerback help. But, I mean, I've seen a lot of this, too, going around that, you know, all of a sudden we, we can go out and get him. But he got released for a reason. So, um, I, you know, that's just interesting that there's a lot of movement in, in current NFL um, climate right now. I mean, I don't think um, – What's the guy from the Texans? Um, oh, I th- Deshaun Watson. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going anywhere. I, think, I don't think we're going to trade him. I heard there's some rumors that Wentz could be traded. Um, there's a rumor. I mean, obviously, Matthew Stafford's already been traded for Jared Goff. And... Um, there's another I mean there's a couple other quarterbacks that could be on the move so it's just a crazy t- climate and I, t- I think back to thinking about the Matt Ryan situation that that Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky both came out the same year and they went one and two overall respectively and now look what we're what three four years out of that draft class and they're still on the rookie deal, and they've been shipped off. They're are talking. Well, Jared Goff has been to the Super Bowl and lost, but he got traded for Matthew Stafford, and then Mitchell Trubisky has yet to pan out. Sometimes he looks good, and sometimes he looks horrid. So, um, yeah, Matt Ryan is none of those. Matt Ryan's a solid. NFL caliber quarterback, and you're crazy if you think otherwise. So, um, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. So, I'm excited to uh, build around him. I'm excited to see what Dean Pease has ex- in store for this Falcons, um, this Falcons defense. Get him some more pieces. Um, some edge. There's an edge rusher from Wake Forest. His, his name is Carlos Basham. He goes by Boogie. Boogie Basham. I think you, that could be. I really, I've. I don't know why, but I've gravitated toward him. He killed it during the during the Senior Bowl, and I kind of been on his mixtape and looking looking around, see what he's been doing. So, uh, I think you get him at, in the third round, Boogie Basham, and then there's some edge players from Miami. Russo will be gone, but there's another edge player in Miami that will be good. So there's some edge pieces out there. So. And I wouldn't even be offended if they went defensive tackle, if they could find a good, a steal of a defensive tackle. So I know we've we've we circled back to the draft, but um, like I said, it's it's April 29th and May 1st. Um, we've we've still got a ton of time there, but um, I just want to talk about the Super Bowl and what it meant for the Atlanta Falcons. Kind of just seeing how. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. I talked to another guy, a guy the other day at work that the Tom Brady is the ultimate game manager, and not as a backhanded compliment. As a like, why take the path of the most resistance? Just take the path of easy resistance. It always just seems like he just throws to the open guy. Like somebody's open, just throw to him, and it makes it just so simple that to, there was uh, me and me and Carol were talking about that tonight that. Um, it was a play out coming out of a timeout, I believe, 
and uh, I think uh, Bruce Arians wanted to change personnel, and uh, Tom Brady saw something. He saw something in the defense that he vetoed the change of personnel, the change of package. He's like, no, 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 everybody stay on the field. We're gonna, and then the next play went for a first down. So, um, I know that's kind of a cheap example, but like, he just sees, he just sees the game so easily, and he can make all the throws. He still got zip. He still has the fastball. I don't know, man. He's he, obviously he's. Like you think of like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, they're like wow you with this like arm talent, and I don't even like that term arm talent, but there's nothing literally nothing special about Tom Brady, other than he just wins everything. Uh, he's not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. I mean, Josh Allen has a lot of that going for him. He's the biggest and the strongest probably. I don't know. Um, he can't throw the farthest. Patrick Mahomes could probably. Do that. I'm sure there's Matthew Stafford who has to say something about that. And Big Ben. I saw Big Ben throw one seventy yards. It's ridiculous. Um I mean, obviously back in his heyday, even then, even the most accurate, like Peyton Manning used to crush those quarterback challenges. I don't know. It's just he always ends up throwing to the right receiver because he knows who's gonna be open, who's not. Uh it's very frustrating. But um seeing that, seeing the blueprint, seeing d- seeing a defense hold another like a talented a talented team down and just having a balanced attack running the ball throwing the ball I don't know I, I get ex- I got I'm getting excited for the Falcons season and what they could build with a fresh new a fresh new approach Arthur Smith being able to run the ball um, getting a couple I'm getting two running backs in this draft or even in free agency that's another thing we can cover next week or the later episode this we can cover um free agency and what's going to kind of look like i think ricardo i mean uh not ricardo allen but i think kiana neal is going to be up for free agency i think that's like the big um free agent that you could pinch potentially lose i think todd obviously todd Gurley's up for free agency alex mack i think has uh it will be a free agent and a, a couple others but also too I, I looked at it that the, the falcons could save some cap space if there's like three or four um cuts they could make after june 1st to be a cap casualty kind of situation where they could save some money but it would you know you're going to need some money to sign for your full roster so they're going to bring some some free agents free agents in so that'll be exciting to kind of go through that as well um and who knows they might be able to to salvage a couple offensive linemen or find something so um i think that'll just about do it tonight um i covered everything we kind of want to talk about the the bucks they win 31-9 um they win with defense and a balanced attack. Patrick Mahomes running for his life. Um, the fourth round, fourth overall pick. I'm saying trade back. You take a defensive star. And then um, Russell Wilson. There's a potential that he might be moving on. And I'm not saying for trade for Russell Wilson, but it's very interesting that the, the climate of the NFL is what, what's going on right now in the NFL that 
you know, the, the, the players are having more valuable or the players are having more power and more saying power and more staying power, um, in these franchises. And so, um, being unhappy about his decisions and just, you know, being sacked so many times and Matt, obviously Matt Ryan has been sacked way too many times. So we need to keep him upright. So anyway, that's a quick show tonight. I thank you guys for tuning in for uh, with me and um, just stick with us and we'll, we'll get you through the draft season. There'll be more draft coverage to come. There'll be more, there'll be more free agent, um, free agent coverage to come. I appreciate everyone listening out there and uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling. All right. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on, um, or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And until next time, Falcons fans rise up.